Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quite orthopedic. <laughs> Like, well, orthopedic chic is, is very much mm, Is it a thing? Look I mean, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Sherlock's Team Podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Heather Steele, Harriet Russell, and Lou Huff. Hi, everyone. Hello. hello. We're quite far apart today, but for those watching, it's because Prego <laughs> over here <laughs> needed some comfort. So. Sorry. I feel like I, I ruined the seats for everybody no, else. No. Because, um, They've missed the 15 minutes of footage of yeah. you just trying to sit down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Sorry. Be I'm very tired today because... I'm very tired because I'm 105 years old because I got back from Ibiza three days ago and I'm still so tired <laughs> from that holiday. You must have um, had a good time. It was so fun. It, I think most of the tiredness is from lots of late, irritating flights. Um, mm. But I just feel like I need to say to podcast listeners because I've spent a year being like, oh God, I hope Ibiza weather is good in October. And I mean, it was literally summertime there. Wow. It was scorching hot. So yay for my clever friend who... Was she had the best time. She had the best time. You know, like obviously every bride is super happy, but you know when you're looking at someone and you're just like, you are like glow. Since oh. her hair, she's been just like the happiest, glorious person. And it's Amazing. just so lovely to That see. to me really is what makes a wedding. I, mm. I think when you look at the bride and see, uh, and groom, obviously, and you see how happy yeah. they are and how in love they are. Yeah. And like, I know sometimes you can see, but I just get so stressed mm. about so many things mm. and you can see them going through their tick box and I don't know. Yeah. Or boys get like really drunk or something where she was just like <laughs> yeah. effervescing, you know, oh. just like super happy. Was it a big it wedding? So to see. Uh, it was about 150 people, I think. It was just so beautiful and so much fun. Just like a really good wedding and any tips for people on how to dress for a winter wedding but I guess in it was a funny one because it was Ibiza but it was black tie but it was really hot so um it was sort of a case of anything goes like obviously there it was black tie so you know people tended to not be in kind of everybody was in long yeah but I think Ibiza black tie is different to London black tie so okay. people kind of knew to go a bit kind of floatier yeah. um I mean you wore one of the dresses party dresses I was of the season. Say, yeah, it was amazing so the dress I wore was from River Island if you want to see it it is in our shoot for River Island that ran last week um for their amazing new party recollection it's because they do River Island studio and they do a couple of drops every year and Honestly, I rate it so highly. It is mm. so good. Last year's party wear was also amazing. Um, and yeah, I did. It's it's a pink dress that when it, the second it arrived in the office, I was like, bingo, that's the dress for so everybody's wedding. Um, and and how was the headpiece? I know. So I didn't manage to get the headpiece because okay. as viewers will see um, in upcoming behind the scenes, um, I did, we basically, I had seen this incredible Zara headpiece that was like these amazing flowers. It was somewhere between a kind of turban and a headband. Very cool. um, so tried to get it the day before I flew um, by dragging the team who thought we were going early to a Levi's dinner <laughs> to Zara instead. Um, and we couldn't find it. However, I found this insane necklace from Zara instead, which is like two layers of 
chunky gold chain with like what looked like kind of sweeties. It's the kind of necklace you would get if you bought like a head to toe um, like Disney princess outfit. Nice. <laughs> like in the Disney store, they probably sell it. It's that kind of vibe. Like big colorful jewels um, in like hearts and stuff. Anyway, it was perfect. It was perfect with the dress. So, and right. yeah, thanks to Polly for lending me her mega gold Loffler Randalls. I've got the ones with the bow, Dream. but they felt a bit fussy. And you so, went solo. I went stag, mm. which was, oh guys, so fun. Like <laughs> that is obviously great but it was quite a long wedding and he has a um cut-off point and I have less of a cut-off point so it meant I was just liberated and when you're with all your best friends it doesn't really matter anyway so, so proper girl time it was Aww. heaven yeah I did so much laughing till I cried and Aww. laughing till my stomach hurts and you don't do that every day do you no and I think when you get that time with your girlfriends as well it's so um, special exactly. so yeah especially because so many of mine live abroad and yeah that my school girls are a group of 10 and we haven't all been together since April 2019 oh, wow. somebody else's wedding so that's me I'm really tired today but I fly to New York tomorrow so hey hey. Uh, happy days tired again I know tired again (laughs) can't catch a break poor me Um, that won't count because you already feel tired anyway just roll through it also it's quite a sweet spot of a week because um, their clocks haven't gone back yet so it's actually only a four hour time how did you guys find the clocks going back this weekend I woke up so early and was Mm. so confused it was like 6.45 and I was like huh on on Sunday morning (laughs) and could not get back to sleep again I was like oh it's the clocks how irritating yeah but it still means you had quite a lot of sleep yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I do that thing for like a really long time where you're like okay but it's this time but it's actually this time I've been doing that all week yeah exactly (laughs) I saw on Instagram this morning there was a meme that said there are two types of people the ones who will live with an incorrect clock on their oven and car for the next six months Um, and the ones who don't you (laughs) 100% live with it what with the incorrect clock yeah no, she I do really. Yeah, I would have thought you were in the camp. Yeah. But I totally agree, there are two camps. Yeah, 100%. It's very yeah. fiddly to work out. Harry, <laughs> <you're laughs> <not, you're laughs> um, how was your weekend? Yeah, lovely. I feel like I had two really dream days, actually, although quite full on for a weekend. It's one of those things where everything's good, but then you get to Sunday night and you think, well, that was exhausting. Mm. Um, so Saturday, I went to the Cezanne exhibition at Tate Modern, oh, which nice. is lovely. To to it's really yes, good. It's too. really good. Um, and then spring for dinner. Lovely. Lovely. True. I know. What did um, you have? What did I have? So for Star Trek, crab. Nice. And for Maine, I have pasta, which was with white truffle butter. Oh my God, it was possibly one of the most insane things I've ever eaten. Was ginger cake on the menu? That was the question. It was. It was? It was. (gasps) Did you have it? No, I didn't. I didn't. The pasta was heavy enough. I felt like I should probably quit while I was ahead. (laughs) I've got a breakfast there on Wednesday. Oh, dream. And then we're actually going to Techfield for our anniversary this weekend. Oh, lovely. And I'm so excited about the cake. Yes. Heaven, heaven. And Sunday? And then Sunday, I went to the Everyman to see Banshees of Inner Sharon. What was it? very interesting the plot is incredibly simple it's set in 1920s ireland during the civil war on an island in a sharon which is just off the coast of the mainland and two best friends the elder is played by brendan gleason the younger is colin farrell brendan gleason says to colin farrell one day out of the blue i don't want to be your friend anymore and from what you can tell they've been best friends for decades so it's extremely hurtful to colin farrell he can't understand and he can't process it so he doesn't accept it and he attempts to try and smooth it over or like apologize for whatever he's done and in the end brendan gleason this is all part of the premise it's not a spoiler but brendan gleason says to him if you talk to me one more time every time you talk to me i'm going to cut off one of my fingers god i know (laughs) so you think that is a wild premise and i won't spoil obviously the sort of unfolding of it all um but obviously colin farrell is like highly disturbed by this and doesn't understand what's gone wrong it should have been a play not a film 
And when you consider that Martin McDonough really cut his teeth in Irish theatre, which is like a whole establishment in itself, I think you can understand sort of where I'm coming from in that criticism. And I'm amazed so far that it's got the reception it has. It's been like... Critics are obsessed. They're going to say they say it's going to sweep the board at the Oscars, best Oscar, best actor for Colin Farrell, which I think, yeah, like mm. totally deserve. But I just can't believe it's going to be a mainstream because it's just not very cinematic. It's it is highly cinematic actually mm. because the landscape in it is insane. Mm. It doesn't necessarily make me want to go to Inner Sharon, but <laughs> I can appreciate the beauty of it. Um, so in that sense, yes, there's plenty of like cinematic elements to it. But it's actually the characterization, I think, and then the somewhat lack of plot. Mm. It's more of a study of characters. Because I don't think it's a spoiler to say, because I haven't seen it, but I've read quite a lot about it, that it's about, that it, what it comes down to is it's a kind of mental health, midlife crisis type thing. You know, there's not some big plot twist in which no. it turns out Colin Farrell has done something. Mm. It's just about Brendan Gleeson's character having a bit of a wobble mm. about his own, you know, it's, it's an existential crisis, isn't it? Totally. So, so therefore I understand it's not about some big murderous reveal it's just no. a kind of it's about humanity and emotions yeah. and stuff like. and again this is not a spoiler but brendan gleason tries to sort of justify this sudden termination of friendship at the beginning by saying you know i've lit i'm older i've literally got a handful of years left and i can't spend any of them listening to your banality hmm. basically anymore so it's this i think you know the whole time i was watching it i was thinking about all of these questions were like coming into my mind of like what do we owe each other in oh, terms of friendship which is exactly the point do we owe our friends anything beyond a certain age do we have to continue being aligned with people mm. who we just don't feel we have anything mm. in common with anymore do we outgrow people you know all of these yeah. like all very deep. existential yeah. questions <laughs> all very deep and then I sort of got I got it I understood the point but again I still am gonna stand strong and say that is a play mm. that is not okay. always like best translated in film Got you. and there are certain scenes actually not even to do with the main characters just these little bits of dialogue that are like devastating in film but they'd be like 10 times more devastating on stage because okay, you would literally see like the raw human reactions mm, sort of yeah. live in front of you and you'd be thinking oh my god don't don't say that to her so would you recommend it or not i'm not going to be like everyone has to see this film if you're up for something a bit different that's going to make you sort of look at him in a different way and we were just saying off camera but they have appeared in other films together mm -hmm. in Bruges then yeah you may well you may well love it okay good to know <laughs> Heather anything how are you hi anything hi. to recommend <laughs> um oh I actually had a very nice weekend mm. in London with various different people so on Friday night I took my parents to the theatre I bought them both tickets to go see the upstart crow um which is yeah the BBC sort of Shakespeare David Mitchell uh TV program that Ben Elton's done and it's now on stage at the moment so I took them to go see that on Friday night which was really fun is David Mitchell in it he is yeah and Gemma Whelan as well who's in Game of Thrones as well but also played Kate in the TV show so yeah that was one of those sort of 90 minutes with an interval you know out of there already by Love half that. nine pile into the pub afterwards Did they, enjoy so it? they loved it yeah good. dad's like a huge fan so it was like very much his thing so that was good went to Joe Allen for dinner before which was really Solid. fun um, and then on Saturday I went to the Charles Dickens Museum which I'd never been to before but my mum wanted to go so we went there that's in Bloomsbury well worth a visit why, why did I read about that like 
I, they, this I, weekend. I think they had a sort of Halloween-y sort of spooky style okay. exhibition okay, on, which is why mm-hmm. we ended up going. But no, the whole thing is really interesting. Got a new appreciation for Dickens mm-hmm. I didn't have before. Um, and then we went to the booking office in St. Pancras Hotel afterwards nice. for a bit of lunch and a few cocktails, which nice. was really, really nice. Proper lunch. Very cocktails. Cocktails. Yeah. Did you stay like, in London or did you stay in Brighton? Um, I was training and doing all sorts in between. Okay. So yeah, and then I ended up coming into, well, to Wimbledon actually on the Sunday. I spent a lot of time on the train. So it came <laughs> uh, to Wimbledon on Sunday to see some of my friends for a roast, which was my first roast of the year, nice. of the season. Um, went to the Dog and Fox in Wimbledon Village, which was really nice. Would heartily recommend the roasts. And yeah, then got the train back. And Lovely. Yeah, it was great. Proper October weekend. Yeah, it felt, yeah. If only it had been a bit colder. I really want to wear knitwear oh, and Oh my God, now. Just, yesterday was 22 yeah. degrees. Yeah. Everyone's out t-shirts. Saturday was ridiculous. Yeah. It was literally ridiculous. Like we booked this roast in ages ago and then you're like turning up in a sort of like very thin dress. I like, <laughs> up, up that hill from Wimbledon Station as well. Like, yeah. And that's why I just can't, I was, we were saying before, I mean, today is, the, we were recording this on the 31st of October. Like the idea that there's, yesterday was eight weeks to Christmas Day. I mean, I, I saw, I drove down St. John's Wood High Street last night. The lights are already, not just up, but on. Like it's, tomorrow, the Christmas adverts will all start. Yeah, all begin. yeah. And it's like, what? In my yeah. head, it's basically mm. still like, it's like Indian summer. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Crazy. robbed of my favourite season. I remember going to um, like multiple fireworks nights and literally wearing so many layers. I'm wearing like mm. tights and then leggings and like three yeah. pairs of socks. And like, I it, remember abandoning bonfire nights because it's been so too cold. cold. I know. Well, I was saying to friends because they were excited about bonfire. And I was like, everyone's going to be not wanting to stand anywhere near the yeah. actual bonfire. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, it's yeah. too hot. Like, yeah, stunning far oh, away. Actually, at the wedding, they had sparklers, by the way. Oh, fun. Fun edition. Oh, fun. I haven't seen that before. It, was, it smells good as well. Oh, yeah. um, Lou, how are you? How was your weekend? Yeah, it was good. Very chilled. We um, we watched The Good Nurse on Saturday night. Oh, yes. Ooh. Has anyone seen that I'm not yet? brave enough. I... Oh, no. Why? Well, because I know what it's about. Okay. And to me, I, I find that particular subject quite distressing yeah um it might be done really well and really sort of um i was gonna say tastefully Tastefully, that's probably not the right word Mm. um but anyway you tell me so it um it is a true based on a true story and it tells a story of i think one of like america's essentially most prolific serial killers and it stars eddie Redmayne and jessica chastain who play nurses in a hospital and um Jessica, they they kind of do night shifts um, at a certain hospital, and it turns out Eddie Redmayne has moved. He's I think he's been in nine different hospitals, and um, a suspicious death comes up, and um, the FBI are investigating and look into Eddie Redmayne's. Are you saying Redmayne? Red Redmayne? 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 I think it's Redmayne. Redmayne. That didn't sound right. The first time I thought it was wrong, and it kept happening. Redmayne. I'm not great at surnames. Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, sweet, but no. Anyway, he. So yeah, they. The police are investigating his past and nobody's really coming forth with any information. The hospitals are being very suspicious. Nobody will speak up or give any sort of evidence. And yeah, it kind of unfolds that way. I'm not sure how much I can say that it's a spoiler. Well, I saw him on Graham Norton and I think it's pretty well known that he was a prolific Okay. I was going to say to call it a prolific serial killer in like the blurb sort of gives the game away. Quite yeah. Not. yeah, I mean that it kind of is the storyline. It's weird, yeah. like weird when you watch it, you know what the ending is. Mm. I guess I it's suppose about... the thing is to watch how they get there. Yeah, exactly. Like how they uncover exactly. it, and and I think kind of almost what you were saying. It's also about 
their relationship mm-hmm. and their friendship and almost this, like is there this kind of emotional side to him she has her own health issues and she basically has got some heart problems and is um but she needs to stay at the hospital for six months in order to get her um, health insurance so um, she can't tell the hospital that what is going on with her health wise and he kind of helps her and is a lifeline to her and helps with her children so they kind of build up this kind of mm. alliance but equally then she kind of knows what's going on mm. sees what he's doing so it, it's kind of this weird you kind of go on this journey of like thinking like seeing this softer side to him unsure mm. whether that's true or if he's trying to just get to her I guess it raises similar questions mm, yeah. to the mm. film that Harriet was talking about. And exactly. also it raises this uh, this thing that when you read stories like this in the paper and you think, why did no one say anything? Mm, yeah. Why did no one raise the alarm? Yeah. It proves that there are always these like layers and you don't totally. know what are going into people's lives to totally. make them behave in certain ways. But yeah, I really, I actually really enjoyed it. I have something to recommend, something completely different um, called Kingdom of Dreams, which is a new four-part documentary series on Sky about fashion in... The ninety, the eighties, and the nineties, um, the big players, and it's sort of told from a business perspective. It's about the rise of LVMH, what is now caring, um, but obviously, but started as something very different, and through the lens of the acquisitions of Dior, Gucci, um, Saint Laurent, and obviously, then within that. Um, the designers as well. So the first episode is all about John Galliano and a little bit about McQueen and about how they are um, brought in respectively to Dior and Givenchy um, back in the late 80s. Um, and that's, you know, that's all done by LVMH and how they're brought in by Bernard Arnault, who is at the very kind of beginning of his LVMH journey. Um, and then the second episode goes on to be about Tom Ford at Gucci, how uh, that's then, you know, brought up. I mean, it's a, I won't spoil it, but it's, it's a crazy story, but um, how Francois Pino, who is uh, the founder of what was then known as PPR, which by the way, the R stood for La Redoute. Did you know that? Mm. What is now caring? Anyway, they swoop in, they buy it, it's all a load of drama. Anyway, I'm not explaining this very well at all. But the point is, if you love fashion, if you want to know a bit about the business behind fashion, how these brands became to be the super brands that they are today, I mean, the point is that so many of them were fledging failing, not doing very well. And those two super groups came in, swooped them up and made them what they are today um, with some kind of clever employments and some clever hiring and firing. So it's it's really, I've loved it so far. Really juicy, really brilliant, great talking heads. Mm. Um, they've really mined a lot of archives for some amazing footage of, of you know, original shows and talking heads back in the day. And I mean, there's so much Anna Wintour because obviously she's such a kind of key part of, of all those stories. Um, and it's just it's just a lovely watch. I really recommend oh, it. Really interesting. That sounds really good. Yeah, really good. I remember seeing it advertised a few months ago and thinking that's got us all over it. And it yeah. reminded me to watch that McQueen documentary again because I still yes. just think oh, it's, it's absolutely so amazing. Yes. Amazing, that so documentary. Good. And also, so Mark Jacobs features quite heavily in the second one because, uh, you know, again, it's all about Louis Vuitton. And did you know that Louis Vuitton was only handbags up until the early... I think it was 97 or 98. Like that's when they introduced Ready to Wear Gosh. with the hiring of Mark Jacobs because that is what they had seen Tom Ford do at Gucci, caring were the investors there. And they kind of, his first runway show, it was all about like the handbags were the it things, but it was like, oh, but with the outfit, you know, they wear the whole thing together. So that's why they brought Mark Jacobs over to Louis Vuitton to start Ready to Wear to kind of make you want the whole 
thing. Anyway, it's fascinating. Mm. So I really, really recommend watching it. I think everyone here would love it. We're going to come to questions a little bit later. But first, a new, I, I need a drum roll. It's a new segment. <laughs> Thank you for the Sherlock's team podcast. We are, sadly, it is sadly, um, retiring the brief, the daily news in brief. This will be going out on Friday, which will be the last day of the brief that is the brief newsletter and the podcast so for those who subscribe to get their daily fix of what's going on in the world um we do apologize we're very sad to see it go it's been a beloved institution here at Sherlock's, but we're a busy team and there's lots of people who tell the news better than we do really so uh onwards and upwards to better things but we did think there would be a big audience out there who are missing their fix of news so we thought we'd introduce a new segment into the team podcast. Nobody fear, nobody flee. There's not going to be any hardcore <laughs> yeah. um, politics and economic analysis going on. But we did think it would be nice to chat a little bit about things that are going on. So to that end, we've all come armed with... Harriet, you also have a... I do. Have a weekend paper with you. Oh, Heather too. Everybody does. So we've, we've all come armed <laughs> with, a, with an article, with a, a news article from the weekend papers that struck us. As good conversation topics. Um, I'm going to come to you first, Heather. Damn it, I was like, mine's the least hard-hitting one. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm not, don't worry, mine is not wildly hard-hitting either. No. Go on. That's probably the most timely, but yeah, you go. We don't know what mine is yet. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yes. I know what the others are, though. Okay, right, go on, Heather. So this is a selfish uh, reason, really, but um, it's from the Sunday Times, the home section. The title, Wonder Wall to Wall, and it's about carpets are back, everyone. So I am in... I'm basically... The carpets in our flat are awful, but they're obviously very expensive to replace. In an ideal situation, we'd try and sort of do something with the floorboards or something like that. But because we're a top floor flat, it just feels very selfish to kind of do that. So the people living below can't afford to get like the really sort of soundproofed, insulated mm. wooden boards. So carpets it is. But like this feature says... They're one of those things that people don't really think are very attractive or cool anymore. It's all about sort of wooden floors or tiles and some like strategic rugs. But no, apparently carpets are back. But this so. is suggesting that you could carpet your entire house, right? Yeah. Like kitchen, bathroom, the lot. The lot. I love a car- carpeted bathroom. No, you yeah. don't. I, I love it like on my feet. Yeah. But like you don't actually want a carpeted bathroom. No, sure. I would. If the I reality, could, I would. The reality of Soggy. like splashing. Mm. No, that's what uh, bath mats are for. You obviously put the mat on the carpet. That is weird. That is just so my grandparents. I I know, but I think that's what I love about it. It's like the retroness of it. And like, it's like I'm in a 1920s boudoir or something. Yeah, my grandparents, best, and they've also got a um, toilet seat that looks like um, a fish tank. Do you know what I mean? Like, in my head, those two (laughs) things are. Do you know what I mean? I have no idea. You do. The loose seat is like sort of. Like aquatic yeah, themed, exactly. it's sort of oh. semi-transparent, and it looks like it's like a Nemo scene. Yeah, I know. Do you exactly remember you used to be able to get um, like woolen covers for the top of your yeah. loose? Oh yeah, and then, like, yeah. Oh. and then like a, a bit that went around the bottom, like a yeah. U that goes around. But the, those, the, those, those have, have those. I have a pedestal yeah. mat. Oh yeah. Do you? yeah, no, I don't. I think that's very old school. Yeah, but I have tiles, and they are so yeah, it's cold true. in the morning. So yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you have slippers? Yeah, I do, but I don't know. I, I just I've grown up with them, I guess. I yeah. just I would it would not occur to me not to. And Fascinating. I know. Do you have a valance on your bed as well? <laughs> yep. 
No, you don't. Mm-hmm. Do you? I quite like the balance, but I don't have one. Yeah, do but do my that? bed is, it's from Anne Soda bed and it's set up very, very high. It's like literally one I have to like climb into, like the princess and the pea. <laughs> you and sweet. That. I know, I love it. It's like my princess. It, on, I literally have a cushion on it that says princess. <laughs> <laughs> I have literally like no interior taste, clearly. You've got a bag of footy pois next to your bed as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it has to have a balance on it because it, it's like cast iron, the frame. So it would look super ugly without it. Okay. And you see all my crap stored on yeah, the it. If you're using it as a storage mm, yeah. space underneath, then yeah, fair enough. So what it's do you much use? better than it sounds. No. So, sorry, do you have a bath much of anything? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Grotty. Just not one that goes around the yeah, loo. Like, yeah, but one that is for the bath, not yeah. the loo. Yeah, me too. Am I the only one with a pedestal mat? I think we're, I've definitely had one before, but I think at the moment, like, because of the proximity of the loo to the bath, right. it just wouldn't. Yes. But, it, like, I don't have work. one in my downstairs loo, for example. Oh, no, I wouldn't bother. No. I can't think of a, of a time where I've seen one in the last. Yeah, I agree. I think it's years. a slight relic. It's probably quite 90s, but to me, it's. Can you send like, a picture? I'm so intrigued. You know what it, yeah. look, you know what it looks no, like? No, I know, but I'll like, <laughs> Google it. But I, like, it wouldn't look weird to you. You would look at it and you wouldn't think it looks retro. I agree. At all. I don't think they actually look retro. It just feels like a retro. Okay, thing to right. own. on a yeah. cold winter morning when you're going for your wee, you want a nice warm <laughs> treat. Honestly, in my bathroom, it's hard to explain but mine's a Victorian terrace and years ago before I moved in they extended the back of it so everyone's en suites are in this extension and it is so cold mm, okay, it is so fair. cold in the morning fair I enough couldn't even imagine putting my bed on the floor <laughs> okay. alright that fair. way frostbite lies um, back to carpets <laughs> so, so what else does the article say what kind, like I can't envisage what a chic carpeted like entirely carpeted house looks like I think it's more about the fact that people might have usually used yeah carpets maybe in a living room or a bedroom but this is like no do it absolutely everywhere and I think it's more the fact that it's like carpets cool again yeah. because and make have... more of a statement with it than yeah, go with the beige I think it says that you know since the 90s it's everyone's seen carpets as really old-fashioned mm. so now it's like actually forget that idea you don't have to have polished wooden floors yeah. whatever mm-hmm. you can well but I suspect cool. well there must be sort of an insulation argument for it as well surely That's because in the, the living one. crisis yeah it's going to be a lot warmer in your house to have a carpet than it is to have yeah a they also say that yeah at the intro um, of the piece the other thing I would say is so I think I referenced it on my podcast with Georgie but um you know there's been this big trend for um what's called what are they calling it um old money aesthetic basically about how all that kind of like Ralph Lauren old New York hotel kind of aesthetic has been everywhere for um the last 
whatever plaza six chic. months or so plaza chic exactly oh plaza core it's core it's core yeah exactly um anyway but one so rob report wrote a whole a whole long thing about it and one of the key points that they made in that was that if you do if everything's neutral and everything's kind of clean then you see it that then it's not very hard wearing because you see stains you see marks mm-hmm. you see tears whatever whereas if you go for this kind of chintzy overtop floral printed thing then actually it's much easier to, to kind of hide when yeah. things go wrong so actually a printed carpet yeah yeah. I've got cream, cream kind of ribbed carpet up my whole no, house. I would not be doing yeah, that. I mean, it's, it's not a yeah. well. I know. Well, it's good because you don't see his hair. Ah, that's good. But you wouldn't in a printer carpet either. So no, that's good. But yeah, my friend um, bought somewhere recently, and her carpet was swell central, and she got rid of it. This is a few years ago, and now I think she's like, oh, don't mm, know. she's kept it because it's cool again to have those sort of seventies. Yeah. Everything comes carpet. back round again. It, it does, does. Yeah, but where do you stash said? carpet for a few years yeah I think you live with it don't you you layer it with rugs in the meantime exactly Mm. but no I was pleased it came at a good time because it's time next year hopefully we'll get the new carpet somewhere and this has given me some ideas there's nothing quite like the feel of a new carpet oh so smell I love the smell of a new carpet yeah um Harriet what have you brought along (laughs) I have brought along possibly the most topical in the sense that it refers to Rishi Sunak who is our new prime minister yes Fifth one, I, I, I was reading, there was a great thing on Twitter, I think it was, that said, if anyone needs to understand the chaos for the last sort of six years, we had five prime ministers between 1939 and 1987 or something like that. Wow. And we've had five prime ministers since 2016. That is wild. And Gosh. that sort of gets the message across mm-hmm. about how much turbulence there's been in government. But, but, I thought, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that part. We're going to talk about the fact his that... His shoes. Yeah. His shoes. <laughs> They're hard-hitting topics, yeah. I promise you. <laughs> well, I think it does actually raise quite an interesting question, which is that The Telegraph wrote this sort of tongue-in-cheek um, piece about Rishi Sunak and his love of Prada. Oh my god, it actually is about shoes. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't think you knew. that. <laughs> Seriously. There was... Okay, so... Some people have said his decision to wear 490 pound Prada shoes on almost every sort of official um, event is um, not appropriate given the cost of living crisis. Other people, including um, some of these commentators, have said, oh, it's great. Everyone in the cabinet loves Prada. They're all such stylish men. If you'd actually seen the Prada shoes, I would... Yeah, not the cabinet being a bunch of stylish no. men. Doesn't he wear a Cuban heel? Because he's very teeny tiny. Um, they've got a rather thick sole. Okay. That's all I'll say. Is there a picture? Chunky um, shoes. There's only a black and white one here, but they're not. They don't that's something right. Yeah, it's it's cut off how thick the sole is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you can see here. It's yeah. It's there's okay. some. Hot, there's a there's a little bit of height there. Okay. No no disrespect to Prada, but they're quite orthopedic. <laughs> like, well, orthopedic chic is is very mm, much. Is it a thing? Well, I mean, hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I Chanel have done it better, is all I'll say. Um, but yeah. So I just thought it was interesting though that everyone's like this is all up for debate when it's men. It's like, is it cool? Is it not? Does it make him relatable? Does it not? The minute Theresa May wears a pair of leather trousers, heaven forbid, on the front of an FT magazine which she looks mega in yeah she did she, did. Look good. she looked awesome in those the Joseph, she gets crucified they? yes mm. absolutely crucified double standard well, first, yeah. so, two, two levels I would like to talk about the men and the women thing I would also like to talk about the appropriateness of the price point it, mm. because I think that I think the key question is is he wearing the same pair of investment loafers over and over again yeah. or is he wearing a different pair of product shoes every single time I'm going to say by the state of this picture they're the same pair yeah had. definitely they're the same in which yeah. case cost per wear yeah cost per wear invest in one great pair of shoes yeah. however there's a cost of living crisis. A lot of people can't eat. There's a lot of scrutiny on his personal wealth regardless. Mm-hmm. I was going to oh, say, yeah. is it the best yeah. decision? Probably not. I was going to say that point. I think if his family had not been the subject of tax evasion and other um, financial kind of irregularities, mm. then 
people probably but wouldn't be You should be their spin doctor. Financial irregularities. <laughs> yeah, <nice>. Beautifully <laughs> says. I mean, it's just funny how people sort of come to his defence. William Hague apparently said, he's not blingy at all. London is full of people walking around in Prada. And I thought, that's not true. That's a, and also that's a terrible defence, given, given the nature of the criticism. Yeah. I'm not sure that helps. Do you, Heather, where do you stand on the whole you know, we can talk about men's... I mean, because Harry, your point was kind of that we're like... He was being glorified in this article, right? Isn't it fabulous? He's wearing Prada. Isn't that great time for somebody so chic? Who cares about the way they look in government? Do you... A, do you agree with... I suppose that's the question. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that really politicians should be focusing on other bigger, more important things than the way they look and what they're wearing? Yes, ultimately, they should be focused on the big picture stuff, of course. But I think, you know if people have already got these nice items in their wardrobe, then yes, you could wear that. Especially as a woman, you know, loads of people, maybe more so in American politics, but everyone's always applauding, you know, Michelle Obama and other people for dressing amazingly. Well, she's and being... actually a politician, we should say, because, because no. people will point that out, right? Of course, but it's still all part and parcel. I know that's a presidency. She's a public but figure, yeah. yeah. in the world of politics. But I would look at AOC or Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I mean, like, what you wear. Yeah, it says a lot about you. Right. It, can, it can make statements about who you are, your mm. party, your politics. And I guess this is why, perhaps, with expensive shoes from the Tory party during the cost of living crisis, it's drawing criticism. And making the wrong statement. But would yeah. you say that, like, on the flip side, that people are very quick to react in a negative way, like, if, if he was dressed appallingly as well? Whenever Boris Johnson turned up looking like he'd been dragged through a hedge yeah. backwards, everyone was like, could he not just respect the occasion? Mm-hmm. You know, things totally. like the remembrance stuff in November, he would turn up without looking like he put a comb through mm-hmm. his hair. Mm-hmm. But of course... The, f- the flip side argument is, oh, well, that's part of his brand. It's, t- mm, it's this yeah. dishevelled thing so that people can never quite estimate what his mood is or whatever. I think there's a really bad culture in the UK in which we assume, and I think female politicians, perhaps more than men, think that in order to be taken seriously, you have to look as uninterested in your appearance mm. as possible. And I think that's a real failing of the British political system because as you said, you know, women in America, but American politicians don't seem to take that stance. It's such a big part of, you know, who you are, what you are. I mean, there's, it is, fashion is the, second biggest industry in this entire country like it doesn't have to be about buying the most expensive things or being but but this the assumption that caring about the way you look equals vanity or mm. distraction totally, totally. Yeah. i think is so wrong and so dated yeah, yeah. totally agree with both. that of course you can do both but and yeah. you can have an interest in it without being vacuous mm. exactly and and the suggestion that you have to in order to kind of be impressive have to go in the complete other direction and only wear you know, average things or not have a... Bl- I mean, if, yeah. if, if I was a prime minister or if I was a, a woman in power, I would want to be in the sharpest suits with the mm, best yeah. blow dry. And because that's that's all part of being taken seriously, unfortunately. The way, the, way, you, the way you look is, is how you present yourself to the world. Well, like yeah. any other job, you feel more powerful or confident when you're like looking or yeah. feeling at your best. So exactly. I can imagine why that would be considered. I always think of Theresa May as well, like not questioning her politics or anything like that, but she always had a few of those Vivian Westwood suits and like maybe not Vivian ones as well, but just always those sort of tartan suits that are really well fitted that she mm. always looked really good in. And I guess when you then compare that to Liz Truss, who was trying to emulate yeah. Thatcher's, you know, pussy mm. bow blouses mm. and yeah. all of that kind of thing. Like people are still trying to make a statement in their own way. Totally. Like mm. Harriet says, I guess it's a... Yeah, and I feel like women, the sad thing is, is that women can't win Mm. because either you try and cultivate an image like Liz Trusted or you try and 
support British designers, which Theresa May did, or you try and go down the disinterested route, like other politicians who I won't name, because I don't think they're necessarily doing it out of any deliberate way. They so, can't win. Exactly. And that's the sadness. Yeah, me. it's so true. It's, it's more like the infighting yet again, that they mm. pit women against women yeah. more than the male women thing, I think. Yeah. I think you're so right. Mm. I do think Rishi would be better off just buying a pair of M&S shoes for the time being. For the time yeah. being. Uh, this is about, this is called The New Rules of Dining Out. It was on the front page of the Life and Arts section of the FT this weekend. And it is about the changing habits of diners in London and the time that people would like to go out for dinner. So uh, it basically says that pre-pandemic, it was a good hack for critics or for anybody looking to get into a hot new London opening to go for six o'clock because that was the time that nobody wanted to eat. You know, obviously prime dining was kind of seven to nine or 7.30 to 9.30 or whatever. Um, uh, but that now post-pandemic, our habits have completely changed and that that is the hot time to be dining. Londoners are eating earlier and earlier. There used to be this kind of graveyard shift. Pre-theatre was perhaps the only occasion on which you'd be pulling in people at that time. But now... Um, Apparently less. So, so I did about you guys. This this dropped on Saturday morning, um, and I went out for dinner at six forty-five on Saturday night. Oh, I, am I bumped so into in you at a restaurant a few weeks ago, and we both had a six thirty booking. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't know how you guys felt. For me, I it is certainly a post-pandemic thing. It used to be. I used to just run around all the time and now I'm like, no, I want to be at home. I want to be in bed. So even if I'm going out for dinner, unless it's like a like an occasion, I, I want to be. I want to be home for for nine latest because yeah. I want to be able to keep my bed, keep those non negotiables that we keep talking about. You know those things that I don't want to compromise on. And for me, that is that means an early supper. But is that really sad? They were talking in this feature as well about how really this is going to massively impact restaurants because you need to be filling tables all night long and yeah. not just until. 8.30, and they can't afford to be having people dropping off between 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Um, so do you guys agree that early is better or not 100%. really? 100%. I would not. If I was trying to book a restaurant and they only had like 8.30 was the earliest reservation, I would not go. So what time is your cutoff? Um, I think 8, eight. is my cutoff, yeah. but I think probably only on the weekends. On a weekday, that is that's late. So I think, eight, I think my cutoff would be 8. 30 on a yeah, Saturday. Yeah, same. Yeah. Okay. I'd go a bit late. If I really wanted to go, I'd go at 8 45. Yeah, I'd go 9 if I really wanted much. to go. Yeah. Yeah. Would you? Would you? Yeah. But yeah. then that's like not getting your like your main till 10 pm. Yeah. I so, can't get my head around well, that. Well, ab- above all of this, personally, my favourite time to dine would be lunchtime. I was going to say mm. a late lunch that rolls until 7 is totally. my heaven. And especially if it's a restaurant that you really want to try. I actually feel by by late. I remember sitting at um, Core by Claire Smith, which is um, a three Michelin star restaurant. It probably, I don't think it was three at the time. It was when it had just opened. And it was like a four hour dinner. And I think we sat down at 7.30. And by 11, we were just like yeah. desperate to leave. Mm. Like, absolutely, like didn't really enjoy it. So desperate to go home. Mm-hmm. Because it all just gets a little late so actually I think especially if it's lots of courses lunchtime yeah. heaven yeah. I love so late nice. lunch but so many restaurants don't, they, they like shut down yeah mm-hmm. I think again post pandemic it's just so hard to get like hospitality's really struggling to get mm. chefs front of house yeah. everything yeah. and diners to come in all day mm. so yeah I think there's sort of that's why loads of places aren't open on a Monday Tuesday yeah. anymore and well, when Sky Gingell came in a yeah. few weeks ago she did the podcast she said she's also closing on a Friday now because I think not evening but daytime mm. she, because she said no one goes to work no one's in the city yeah. So, if it, which oh, is true I don't know anyone who goes into yeah. the office on a Good Friday point. anymore yeah. so therefore yeah. if you were operating you know for, for business lunches 
yeah. no more. Why just would do you it on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm not about the late lunch. Yeah, I'm yeah. about just lunch instead. Like I, mean, I, I, love, drink. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love, I love lunch is great. But mm. to me, I'd way rather go out for lunch on Saturday than stay in on a Saturday night. Yeah. Go out and yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I still, there's something still magic, I think, about a, like a nice dinner out on a Saturday. But during the week, if I was seeing friends, mm. yeah, the earlier, the better, I well, think. Well, this was that other point about post-pandemic. So many people have obviously moved out. So, or, or generally don't want to go home and then come back out again. Yeah. So like, I don't know about you guys, but I can't, I don't really really want to go for dinner much later than 7 30 because otherwise i've got you're so, hanging around yeah you're yeah. hanging around i mean obviously that's there's, the there's work for, to do guys. but that's what the pub's for but yeah i'm not a big drinker so yeah i think for me a weeknight seven o'clock is like yeah i have to say i went to jay Sheiky about four weeks ago with my dad when he was here um and we had a 7 30 booking saturday night obviously middle of soho it's in just off leicester square and it felt like a bygone era to me it was packed don't get me wrong like everyone was there but i was like this is what the world used to be like. Mm. And then this Saturday at spring, our booking was 5.30. Oh, heaven. <laughs> Nothing wrong heaven. with that. Like, we didn't want to hang around because yeah. we'd gone to that Suzanne exhibition. At, our time ticket was three. So we did an hour and a half, walked back down the embankment to spring. It so was nice. No, that's lovely. great. Yeah. Yeah. Was it empty? Because that no, I do have a bit rammed. of a bugbear about going oh, into a yeah. restaurant when like there's one or two tables there yeah. and it's quite quiet you and you the feel the string of cuts mm. Yeah, and the yeah. Yeah. kind of I do all like... I don't know, I, 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 it always puts me off. I think yeah. it depends on the restaurant. Like yeah. somewhere like Spring, I wouldn't mind that because it's like you know you're in a good place, but there's yeah. something about going somewhere new and you're like, oh my God, am I... Like on holiday, yeah. if you walk in and you're the only people in there, you're like... Yeah. yeah. Also, I tried to move it earlier and when they when I phoned them, they said, oh, 5.30 is our first sitting. And I was like, oh, okay. And I did expect it literally to be like chink, chink. Yeah. Um, but when we got in there, I think we were the last table free. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Spring does this thing, end. which people should be aware of, called Scratch Menu. Oh, yeah, that's such a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So if you, between 5.30 and 6, every night of the week, they do a Scratch Menu, three courses for £25. What? Why is it called Scratch? Because they're using up all of their waste, not like stuff that's gone off, obviously, yeah. Lou, before you freak <laughs> out. <laughs> of course, this has yeah. come off again. Yeah. <laughs> of course it has. Um, but yeah, everything that would go to waste. So all of their stuff from the week that they haven't been able to, you know, people haven't ordered it or whatever. Ooh. That's so good because Three normally courses. like a main is £25. So, but then. what kind of thing would that, like, I'm just whatever they scraps. have available, I think yeah, they sort of like, so, oh, yeah, it's like, 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 it's you go in and you say, and they say, are you here for scratch? And you say yes or no. Mm -hmm. And if you say yes, you just get the three courses served to you. There's no choice. There's no choosing. Um, However, most people I would say in there at our time were having scratch. And you weren't, we didn't just because that we just booked in for a different reason. Mm -hmm. But, um, Everything they brought looked exactly the same standard as what we had ordered. I mean, you imagine, yeah, you wouldn't expect yeah, you wouldn't, yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. That's really good. It's a know. really good scheme to know because mm. there were also what's quite nice is because of the price, it attracts quite a lot of young people. Mm. So spring can be sometimes a bit on the older side, obviously, because mm. of the price can be prohibitive. But at that particular point in the evening, it was like very young and. Young, it's young and fresh mm. interesting well I guess a happy hour does that so, you know, so if, yeah. if, you, if you get there early you often catch a happy hour yeah. or an oyster, ha- oyster happy hour oh, which yeah. is my favourite kind of happy hour <laughs> um, okay interesting well let's if, if you do like eating late then continue to do so because we've got to keep those restaurants in business also but. I've got a feature going next week on the best late night restaurants to book so look out for that okay, if nice. you're a late diner well, like, or, or like a nice snack after the theatre exactly. like we've exactly. all been there but for me 630 Sweet spot. Uh, Right, let's do some quick fire questions before we go. How to keep a stylish life when faced with financial hardships. I mean, it's it's kind of an unavoidable topic, isn't it? I feel like it comes up 
with everything that we talk about, obviously, you know, whatever you're earning, everybody's feeling the pinch a little bit more because the cost of living is just rocketed. So what is your, what is a hack that you guys have for feeling polished if you're not going to be going and spending a load of money on new clothes or beauty treatments? Heather? One, I don't paint my nails very often, but when I do, it's an occasion. But I've, yeah, I've got some new nail polish because we had a chocolate brown nail colour trend piece on the site and I was influenced by mm-hmm. it. So they look lovely. It's biosculpture, so I was pleased with that. But I think otherwise, at the moment, I'm like everything, not saying that I'm really stylish, but like everything I'm wearing now, I've had for years yes, and you do years. Look very stylish today. And I think it's just trying to wear things in new ways and just try and remembering. Like, I haven't worn this shirt for ages. It's the one that everyone had in the office many <laughs> years ago, but I've still kept it. I think just trying to think about how you can reinvent what you've already got and just wear it with different things. And I think where it, it could be that, you know, a few years ago you wore that in a certain way. Exactly. And almost reinventing the way you then wear it and what you wear it with. And, and I think that almost gives those products a new lease of life yeah. as well. Exactly. Yeah. Harriet? Probably hair, that's probably the most important thing to me. Um, I do not colour my hair in the sense of like it being highlighted or massively high maintenance. I just usually get a gloss. And now there are so many good ones. Loads you can get of really good ones. Home. I do mm. that occasionally. We've written about some of them on the site, so you can easily look at the ones I mean. But they could not be easier mm. to do themselves. Yeah. And I'm dark-haired folk. With <laughs> my glasses. It yeah. yeah, that is the only thing. It does sort of lend itself more to the brunettes yeah. and the blondes out there, soz. But... Um, yeah, I feel some like... good Josh Wood ones, and you just mm. wash your hair, putting it on for fifteen minutes, and then wash it out, and it's like makes a big difference. Looks nice and and I had one mm. from Kerastase that was like actually billed as a mask, not mm. even a gloss, but it was designed for brunettes, and you could tell because you had to put gloves on to use mm. it that it was probably a gloss formulation. And I swear it made the biggest difference. Mm. I haven't used it in a while, but it's yeah, there are some great ones out there. I... You don't need to be, don't need to be paying a salon yeah. price mm. to make yourself feel a bit fresher. Love mm. that, Lou. Um, two, one is probably quite obvious, but really looking after your clothes. Mm. I think the power of an iron on a blouse, mm. a pair of jeans, like trousers, mm. a- anything like that can really make such a difference with how presentable you look. Equally, a debobbler to a knit yeah. that has mm. kind of really got... Can I ask you, going. can I debobble this? Yes. Like, what, can you debobble all... Everything. This is cashmere. Yeah. You see, so that... Yeah. Like, so I'm I, just always um, scared of, like, so tearing So I would apart. use... Um, I prefer a comb rather than an electric one because right. it's much softer. So you literally just get a comb and you literally just kind of just softly like bring it because down. Because it's not sad. Like, I've only had yeah. this two months. Yeah. The oh. risk I've read is that it thins your that's my worry I think it's probably how you really don't need to do it that hard Mm, and I think you can just gently glide over it and you'll be be surprised how much comes off when you do it anyway I just think to an expensive knit it can really make a difference (laughs) and electric too harsh for me like some people swear by them just for me personally I just prefer like having a bit more control over it is there one in particular that you recommend no I mean they're all literally for a lot of knit brands actually get sent them the other thing I really like the idea of is doing a clothes swap I think if you have friends who've got similar style to you and you feel like you're wearing the same thing all the time and they are as well just like swapping a few pieces Mm. and for a couple of weeks whatever getting a bit more variety out of your style, their style. I just think it's such a yeah, nice idea. Such a nice yeah. idea. Yeah. Mm. I don't really have that many friends who I would swap clothes with. But lovely if you do. Yeah. I used to live with my sister when we both both were first in London and we used to yeah, just raid yeah. each other's wardrobes all the time. Oh my god, at uni, that. like yeah. the night. Yeah, like yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like so fun. I just, yeah. actually I, I feel like you know, obviously there's so many rental mm. um opportunities out there which is, you know, 
amazing, mm. but also can be quite costly. So, um, yeah, if you find someone that's got a similar style to you, or mm. make an Instagram friend and say, yeah, yeah. I think finish. it's really relevant for like events and parties and as yeah. well. Like Polly lent you her shoes. She did. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. They were great. Um, I would say start a new little saving account, which mm. even if you just put in 20, 30, 40, whatever you can afford that you won't notice, put that in there. For, for a rainy day, but a treat yourself rainy day. So that might be that by, I don't know, June, you can buy that summer dress that you've wanted or those pair of sandals that you've been hankering after. But it, those things build up quite quickly. So if you just mm. start another little pot, um, that's quite a nice way to treat yourself when, yeah. when the going gets tough. The other thing as well is to buy makeup. I mean, they always say that the sales of, of lipsticks, lipsticks yeah. go through the roof when there's a financial crisis. Um, and it really does make a difference. You can feel like you've really done something fresh when yeah. you just buy adding a new eyeliner or lipstick or whatever it might be. So that over clothes. Mm. Yeah, or nail varnish. Or nail varnish, exactly. (laughs) Uh, All right, I think we will leave it there. Um, Thank you so much, everybody. Please do email podcast at shillux.com if you have any feedback. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to look out for the question box on social every weekend. Do please also rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.